that you also have sex for non-reproductive purposes, do you also have sex with other species? It's complicated. It's human. Hi, I'm Bob. Join me in explaining to my alien friend X. Hello, friend? How human society and culture work. Or don't. You'll get some food for thought and learn interesting facts about science, history and technology. And human contradictions. Yeah, and have some fun while doing it. Obviously. Booby? What's up, Axie? I have finished reading the book you gave me. It was not all that clear, but I think I understood the basics. Why didn't you just explain those things to me as usual? Because it feels awkward to explain how those things work to someone who is not even wearing underwear. Do you want me to wear it? Do you have any preference? No. You just made it even more awkward. It's okay. I respect your alien customs. What do you think about the book? I have questions. First of all, how old are you? What does that have to do with this? Well, here we need to be careful. I don't want to get in trouble discussing sex with someone who did not even reach the age of consent. What age is that? It depends on the country. Obviously. It goes from puberty to must be married. I thought you measured age in numbers. What's puberty? And I'm definitely not married. I'm as single as it gets. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe if I give you numbers, I get out of this one easily. Let's say about between 11 and 21, so at least 11. I assume you want it in Earth-based dynamic time. What time now? Dynamic time relies on the motion of celestial bodies. So, for example, Earth completes a rotation around its axis every about 24 hours. Sure, whatever. That's perfect. Well, if by perfect you mean that due to tidal friction you are losing 30 seconds every 10,000 years, then I can do that. I am sure we can live with that. And what would be the other option anyway? Well, we could use atomic time that relies on the energy transition within an atom of a certain element. Here on Earth you like to use cesium, I believe. So, if we count one second as 9,192,631,770 transitions within a cesium atom, we will lose only a tiny portion of a second in a million years. Dynamic is fine. All of a sudden, talking about sex with you just became easier than talking about time. Okay, then if I consider the actual time I have already spent here on Earth, and the fact that I accelerated this much to come here... Oh yeah, like the twins' paradox in which one makes a journey into space in a high-speed rocket and returns home to find that the twin who remained on Earth has aged more. And since they are both moving, relative to each other, both should find the other one to have aged less. That's not even a paradox. You can solve it without relativity nor time dilation. Main point is, you didn't do any space travel, so you are the older one. Just deal with it. It's not my age we're talking about here, but yours. And I feel at least 10 years younger than I am. And my scale tells me every morning that my body age is 5 years less than what my driver's license says. Oh, yes, yes, you look quite well indeed for someone your age. Really well. So, back to the calculation. Actual time spent on Earth, minus space traveling, plus millions of no years, adjusting for dimensional change, 
dimensional? Again? No, no, of course not. I mean, redshift of my energy components. So, I should probably also calculate their... X, your head is swelling, and I don't think we need neither nanoseconds precision nor a calculation of anything that adds up to more than, let's say, since 15 is the average, let's do 18, just to be safer. Oh, in that case, yes, of course. Why didn't you say that before? Yeah, why didn't I? Instead of getting sucked in your atomic dynamic nonsense. So, now I'm ready to experiment. Uh, no. Now you're ready to talk about it. What questions do you have? Good. Is sexual reproduction the main way you humans use to reproduce? That's simple. Yes, it's the only way, as of yet. And to create a new human, you need a human male and a human female, right? Yes, that's simple too. Yes, so they need to be of opposite sex. But the book uses also the word gender interchangeably. Are gender and sex the same thing? Oh, I wish you asked me this 60 years ago. Then it was simple. Now it's complicated, as I told you. It didn't sound so complicated in the book. That's because it's the book I read when I was a teenager. A lot has changed in the meanwhile. Oh, I see. Changed. Did your body evolve differently in the last 60 years? Hey, first of all, I wasn't a teenager 60 years ago. I wasn't even born. I was referring to when the term gender identity was first used in the press in 1966. And no, our biology did not change that much in the last 60 years. But a lot of how we look at it did change. Oh, I see. No change, but change. Yeah. So sex is still sex. Meaning all the stuff you read in the book in first approximation refers to two sexes, male and female, based on what a human has between their legs. What about animals? Some animals don't have legs. Some aliens neither. Yeah, I said in first approximation because that's not that simple. I said it was complicated, didn't I? So? So what's between people's legs is actually an expression of what they have between their... Phosphate backbone, the portion of the DNA double helix that provides structural support to the molecule. So you really mean... Yes, the DNA, their genes. All this is still sex, though. What about gender? Yes, so that's more about what's between our ears. I hope it's not about the golden earrings again. No, no, I mean our brain. Oh, can you change your gender on command using your brain? Um, I don't think it works that way, no. It's more of a feeling a person has about how they recognize themselves as being a male, a female, or neither of those. Oh, like your age? My age? No. What do you mean? You said you feel younger than your actual age. That's different. How so? Your biological age ever since you started to exist increased linearly as you rotate around the sun. So, if you feel your age is different, you're feeling that a biological fact is not the way it is because of something else you think in your brain. Am I missing something? Uh, yes. That's only my feeling, but my driver's license still says my real age. But you said your scale does not. Isn't that an alternative measurement tool for age? 
That's just my body age, a calculation my scale does to make me feel better about the fact that I spent $100 for it instead of the 15 I should have. So, why don't you have a scale for gender? Does it cost too much? I can get one for you. No, no and no. No, there is not a scale for gender. No, it does not cost too much because it does not exist. And even if it existed, I don't want you to rob a mole again to get it. You don't need to measure gender. It's something the brain of humans does automatically. Each one of us knows what gender they feel they belong to. Oh, I see. Subjective. So do you know it when you are born? Mm, not always. Sometimes one could feel one way and then change their mind after growing or even change how they feel at any point of their life. Oh, I see. Change their mind. So, they have to change their driver's license? <laughs> how did you come up with that? You said your age is different than the one on your driver's license. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, about their identification documents, it depends on the country. Obviously. Let me guess. Some allow it, some don't, some allowed it and now they don't, some did not allow it and now they do, some don't know what to do. <laughs> You're really starting to get this planet after all. Yes, it depends. Okay, this was not that complicated. There are two sexes and two genders. You either recognize yourself as a female or as a male, disregarding what DNA says, right? Um, I never said there are only two gender identities. In fact, there are more. Oh. I see. Like three? Male, female, and undefined? No, I mean more than the nullable types in Visual Basic. Speaking of which, null gender is a person who does not identify with any particular gender, or they may have no gender at all. Androgyne is one who has a gender that is either both masculine and feminine, or between masculine and feminine. Bigender is a person who has two genders. Botch is a gender expression that fits societal definitions of masculinity, but some consider it a gender identity in itself. People who are cisgender have a gender matching the sex assigned to them at birth. Then, gender fluid is a person who identifies with a gender identity and presentation that shifts between, or shifts outside of, society's expectation of gender. Gender outlaw is a person who refuses to allow society's definition of male or female to define them. Then we have gender queer. A person who identifies as gender queer has a gender identity or expression that is not the same as society's expectation for their assigned sex or assumed gender. Non-binary are people who do not experience gender within the gender binary. Omnigender is a person who experiences and possesses all genders. Polygender and pangender experience and display parts of multiple genders. Transgenders are all people who experience and identify with a different gender than the sex that they were assigned at birth. Trans is a term used to encompass non-binary and genderless. And finally, two-spirit is an umbrella term that includes different sexualities and genders used by a specific cultural group. Oh, I see. Complicated. So, as I understand it, 1. Some feel to have a gender that matches their sex. 2. 
Some have a gender opposite of their sex. And some others have a gender that is either three, all, four, nothing, or five, something in between. I guess. So why do you have five patterns and more than double the names for them? Oh, X, I don't know. I just wanted to save some money and gave you my book instead of buying an updated edition. Actually, the LGBTQIA plus community updates these definitions in their resource center, so you can check that. LGBTQIA plus what? Yeah, yeah, I know. It was just four letters a few years ago, and I guess a few letters later they finally figured to add the inclusive plus at the end to stop having to change their website. I will give you the link so you can check it out if you are curious. Or by curious. Hey, wait, was that in the book? Hmm, I might have somehow expanded my research a little bit outside the book for some subjects that could give me more chances. Chances? Yes, to better understand you, I mean. You did, huh? Curious alien. Is your thirst for knowledge being satiated now? You know I never had enough. So what's next? So after all I have just learned about gender, you still just need a human of male sex and one of female sex to make a human puppy, right? We prefer to call them babies, but yes. Do you have a system to find the right matches of couples so they combine and generate humans that are more fit for the environment and make your species stronger as a whole? No, we don't. Imagine that the closest thing we have are dating apps. Dating apps? Don't worry. No, there is no centralized system. People just go around and randomly have sex with each other? Yes. No. Not like that. Not randomly. Everyone kind of chooses who to have sex with. Oh, I see. Decentralized decision-making. So you have a centralized system for choosing your government, printing money, making laws, enforcing them, defining borders, documenting people's activities and identities, a planetary network to share information. That. For the very thing that keeps your species from getting extinct, you just leave it to chance. My research gets more interesting every day. How does each person know that the other one is a good fit to create a stronger human before doing it? Do they run DNA tests and calculate all possible combinations ahead of time? No! People don't just go around reproducing themselves out of control all the time. Well, in the last 50 years you managed to double the amount of people which took about the prior 5,000 years to get to that population. So those dating apps might work quite well. Um, yeah, maybe it kind of got out of hand lately. But we did not even have the internet as we know it 50 years ago. So, there is one thing I haven't, let's say, quite been too transparent about. You know I'm open to anything that can help me on my research. See, the thing is... Humans don't have sex just to reproduce themselves. Oh, why else do they do that? To have fun. And that plays also a role into how humans choose who to have sex with. Oh, I don't get it. Okay, so there is an actual neural connection between what we have between our ears and what we have between our legs. So we are kind of wired to enjoy sex which evolutionarily makes sense because it incentivizes us to do something that preserves the existence of our species. Oh, I see. Wired to pleasure. But that does not explain how humans choose their partner if they can get pleasure with everyone. Hmm, fair enough. 
sexual reproduction originated 2 billion years ago, and its main advantages are to produce genetic variation in the offspring. Species can adapt to new environments due to the variation, which gives them a survival advantage, and the disease is less likely to affect all the individuals in a population. Now, as we kept evolving, the attributes that made a human more attractive to one another changed as we adapted to the environment. So if thousands of years ago one was looking for a mate that appeared to be strong enough to survive the harsh environment, today it might be more about someone appearing to have nice abs or a fancy car. So before it was about appearances, and now it's more about appearances? You didn't let me finish. There are also other components like qualities and traits and cultural factors that are very subjective, and then there is also love. But don't ask me about that one because we will never get to the end of this today otherwise. So, all those things play a role into the decision of humans to get together to create a baby. But, Sometimes people just do it for fun, since good sex makes our brain get stimulated like the Big Bang, crispy bacon, and realizing it's Saturday when you thought it was Monday, all mixed together. Oh, I see. Random quantum culinary laziness. How do they decide to not make a baby when they have sex just for fun? There are plenty of ways. Some are based on hormones, some on elastic materials, and if they were too drunk for those, there is always the morning after pill. Oh, and if they both are the same sex, they don't even need anything. Nature already thought of that. Given that you also have sex for non-reproductive purposes, do you also have sex with other species? No, of course not. Why not? I'm gonna go with it's too complicated to calculate their age of consent. I've just calculated mine. It wouldn't be so difficult if you were not so reluctant to just follow my suggestion on using cesium. Anyway, I have two more questions then. Shoot. We don't really do it that way. I mean, shoot the questions. Ask away. Oh, I see. Shoot but not shoot. Okay, so the first one is, if there are so complex parameters to attraction, it might be that someone cannot find another human that he or she or it or they or Z are attracted to, and vice versa. It could be, yes. So I guess they still want to get the pleasure part. Yeah, they still can. How? They, you know, they... I should have totally given you a more specific book. You see, they can still stimulate their brain and all organs connected to it and reach some sort of pleasure. Not quite as big bangy as the bacon on the non-Monday day, but still better than nothing. Oh, I see. Do you mean masturbate? What the? So you did know it. Sorry, Bobby. I wasn't sure. I told you I did some little research because I did not want you to think I was... not ready. Ready for what? For our discussion. Oh, I see. Well, okay, so you got that covered. What was the second question? Why people of the same sex are attracted to one another if the main purpose of why you evolved to enjoy sex is reproduction? Um, because, I don't know, maybe there are other advantages to society that are not well understood. Otherwise, they would have disappeared already, I guess. 
there are also about 450 other species of animals on Earth that engage in what scientists believe to be homosexual behaviors. But some argue that it is very rare to find some species that engage only in homosexual behavior because they still need to reproduce somehow. But this is still a big argument of discussion these days. Some people even think that those behaviors are unnatural and they are even illegal in some countries. Oh, I see. Human laws above nature laws. They would have become extinct already if they didn't have any other way to reproduce themselves in that case. And if they have evolved to have homosexual behaviors that got passed by their ancestors for generations, they probably have some evolutional advantage, if not for themselves, for your race as a whole. Why someone thinks it's unnatural? Some because it's not a thing that the majority does, so they don't think it's normal. Others because they think it has no value since nature does not allow them to reproduce by themselves. Others think it's even a disease, which makes no sense because if it was a disease, how could it have survived evolution? If, for example, there was a genetic disease affecting reproductive abilities, it could not be passed to the next generation because those individuals could not reproduce, right? Well, you are not thinking four-dimensionally, Marty. I thought we were done with movie quotes. Sorry. What I mean is that they might reproduce and pass on the genes responsible for the disease before the actual symptoms manifest and prevent that transfer. This way they could still be passed on. Hmm. Yeah. I guess. Okay, but still, saying it's unnatural is like saying medicine is unnatural and does a disservice to us as a species since it allows unfit people to survive, whereas nature alone would have let them die. Yes. And it does, right? No, of course not. Imagine if the person who survived because of medicine was a scientist making some important discovery that ended up saving the whole humanity later on. Okay, I think I'm clear on the theory. So following your scientific methodology, I now need to experiment to complete this part of my research. When do we start? We? We are not starting anything. I thought you wanted to help me. Why don't you? Am I not good enough for you? No, X, it's not that. It's... it's not you. It's me. The thing is, I just see you as a friend. Oh, I see. You don't have sex with friends. Uh, yeah. Let's stay with that for my own benefit. So what about you? What about me what? What attracts you? Do they have to be male, female, null? Do they have to be human? I'm not talking about that with you. I don't want my sexual preferences to end up being presented to some commission of aliens in who knows what planet or dimension. Speaking of which, how do you guys reproduce? Oh, I see. You are shy. Anyway, we changed the way we maintain our species' existence several times. Now we rely on a systemic... Let me guess. Your blue quinary calculator calculates the values of what individual skills and characteristics of each one of your species will be more valuable for your evolution. Then it retrofeeds that to the arborescence simulator that runs all the scenarios to figure out which ones go in the direction of maximizing your goals as a species and they go on like that in a feedback loop until they find the optimal solution. And then, when a lemniscate box becomes available, a new puppy alien gets generated. Am I close? You could be... closer. But you do not only look younger, you are also so smart. 
aside for the loop part, they do that in one five-dimensional transaction. We don't like loops. And we call them quirks, not alien puppies. Oh, see? Now you know how it feels. So basically, because you all contribute to improving those systems with your new discoveries and projects, the evolution of your species is sustained by the active effort of each individual of your entire species, which gets embedded in the whole system rather than its own lineage of individuals. Yes, and without exchanging fluids with anybody. You don't know what you're missing. Oh, maybe we should... Oh wait, there is another unclear point though. So far you explained how you decide how the new individuals should be, but who builds them? M0M. Who? It's a quantum time-bending system that... I feel it's swelling already. Yeah, I don't like when your head swells all of a sudden and I am not prepared for it. Sorry, I will try to take it slower this time. So, M0M is a qubit system. Oh. Like the quantum bits in a quantum computer? No, this is quintessentials bits. And what it does is to perpetuate what happened at the very beginning of our existence, only in a way that is regulated by our control systems, like you explained before. Hmm, I am still not sure I get this. Matter and antimatter collision results in annihilation of both of them. Like, if you flip infinite coins, you know you will get half heads and half tails when they land. If something interferes with that process and you end up getting more of the ones or the others, then you get... Oh, sure, you get more matter, for instance, like in the antimatter asymmetry problem. Yeah, only where I come from, M0M is actually able to unflip some of those coins to recapture that energy to a balanced state, like when they are in the air being both head and tail at the same time in perfect equilibrium. And that equilibrium is... us! Oh, perfect equilibrium. Wait! I still find hard to swallow the whole dimensional thing. Now you are saying you are not even made of matter? What are you? Um, I didn't say that. I also did not not say that. I know it might be hard to swallow, but I'm sure you will get used to it. I see you are a little overwhelmed and have difficulty breathing. I... I... It's okay. It's okay. Just breathe with your nose. Deeply. Talk to me. Ask me a difficult question. You will feel better right away. Difficult. What if the arborescence has a small margin of error and you generated all individuals with characteristics that match your simulation and something contemplated in that error margin actually happens? The system would not be robust in case of an unexpected event and that could jeopardize all of your species in a split second. See? I told you, you are doing well already. And you are right. Am I? Did I just think of something that a superior alien species from a different planet maybe dimension and that might not even be made of matter thought about? No. You were right in the reasoning. Of course we thought of that. Oh. So how do you account for that? Our contingency plan is to generate a portion of individuals that do not match the calculations that all the others are based on. They are... Special? Weirdos. And they get sent all over the universes. Universes? I mean, universe. So they can still save our species in the unlikely event that something unpredicted actually happens. Wow. Weirdos might save your species one day. So they are scattered somewhere in capsules that get activated in case of emergency? That would be a waste. They are actually alive and very active. Oh, and what do they do? Oh, you know, experiment, study, but mostly researching other life species. 
Oh, now I get it. If you support equality across planets and maybe dimensions, subscribe, like, and share these across the universe. And universes. 159.9 pounds. Finally something that can be measured objectively. That's 404 pounds on Jupiter. Ah, it really can be found, can it? That's exactly what it is.